0: The six-time world champion New England Patriots. Edelman's gonna throw. The quarterback's arm. Let's go! Somehow they blew the coverage. Oh, that's a catch! Hello, Super Bowl. We are all Patriots,
1: and tonight, Patriots are Super Bowl champions. Patriots are Super Bowl champions.
0: We are back. With another episode of the Pats Pack podcast here, we are going to be recapping the Pats-Colts game from last night. We're recording this on Sunday. This should be up by Monday. I am here, Mr. Josh Fenton, with Mr. Josh Valladolid. Mr. Josh Valladolid, how are we doing on this fine Sunday afternoon?
1: I'm doing great. How are you doing, Mr. Josh Fenton? I've
0: been better. I've been worse, you know. I got kicked in the face at jiu-jitsu yesterday. I got chased by a dog today while I was running. I played golf in the cold, you know, but it could be a lot worse. Because you know why? Every day is a great day to be great. It's facts. Getting right into it here. So Colts ended up topping the patch 27 to 17 was the final. The Colts ended up covering at minus two and a half. The under cashed at 44. Actually, it was very close because at the over under, the final over under came out to 45, which is actually very, very close to cashing the over. So someone's mm-hmm. going to be very unhappy that they bet the <laughs> over. I was talking about this with someone at the Friars game yesterday. They bet the over and everyone is so on. Betting the over. Always. But statistically, the under hits much more often. It's actually not even close.
1: Huh.
0: Fun fact, if you ever bet on sports. Anyway, getting right into it here. Starting off with the team stats. We got Pat's time of possession 29-38. Colts 30-22. Offensive plays. Pat's actually outsnapped the Colts significantly. 65 to 52 yards. Pat's checked in at 365 yards. Colts checked in at 275 yards. Penalties. That's a big one we're going to have to get into at one point or another. Pats, eight penalties for 50 yards. They had some big ones there. Colts only had two for 13. They were pretty disciplined on that end. Mack had two picks. Those were the two turnovers the Patriots had. Wentz also threw a pick. That was the one turnover Mm -hmm. the Colts had. 21st downs for the fast, 15 for the Colts. The Pats ran way more plays. They also had a lot more yards (coughs) than the Colts did. What happened here?
1: Dude, we just couldn't capitalize on plays. Not finishing drives, the big pick in the, uh, the red zone for Mac. Just he,
0: he threw a couple of bad picks, and we're gonna talk about that in a second. But he didn't look his normal self. He looked very confused. He looked like he he didn't he didn't look confident going through his progression from what I saw. It's
1: definitely the most I've ever seen him like take shots. More like instead of like checkdowns and you know like screen passes, it was a lot of like throws that were just like on him.
0: Right, and I feel like at the end of the day, this is what we were talking about in the preview show. I said it's going to come down to who can make the least amount of mistakes, Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about what Carson Wentz did here. He didn't do anything. Like he literally didn't do anything. He was like usually does. He Mm -hmm. did what Mac usually does. He was a game manager at the end of the day, and he just handed the ball off. But he didn't make that many mistakes. Only threw that one pick, and you know, at the end of the day, sometimes that's all you need. Yeah, turnover battle. A lot of the times, wins the game. Going on to the passing side of things here, we got Mac Jones checking in 26 of 45 for 299 yards and two tutties, 57% completion percentage, but a 54 QBR. Not the prettiest thing that you're going to see in fine China. Carson Wentz on the other side of things, 5 for 12, 57 yards and a tutty just over completing 50% of his passes. QBR of 37.2. Starting off with Wentz here. So Wentz was definitely not a problem this one, as we talked about. Only throwing the ball 12 times, only totaling 57 yards. Do you think that was planned going into this game? Absolutely. I don't think you're wrong by any means at all. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense that you would just lean on the run here like we were talking mm-hmm. and try to control the clock as much as possible. And it seemed like they both tried to do that. I mean, time possession was split kind of down the middle, 50-50, which is actually pretty impressive when you think about it because during the patch just kept turning the ball over. Yeah, it seemed I, like
1: the Colts had kind of like more time of possession, more dominant of, like, uh, you know, be- better handle of the game than the Pats did.
0: I was thinking that. When I was looking at this box score and I saw that the time possession was almost identical, mm-hmm. I'm thinking there's no way that's correct. I felt like the Colts had the ball so much more. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know it was going to come out. I didn't think it was going to be, like, 50 minutes and 10, but I was thinking. No, I thought thinking, it was going
1: to be, like, four or five-minute difference. At
0: least I was thinking, like, 35, 25 or mm-hmm. something along those lines. But, hey, I guess it is. It is what it is. (laughs) Moving on to the Mac side of things, which is something I kind of want to talk about a little bit here. So like we talked about, Mac really did not look that great in this one. He did throw the ball the second most times in his career. The most times he's ever thrown the ball is 51 in week three against the Saints. Mm -hmm. As we were saying, he made a couple of really, really bad reads. He had that one right before the half and he had that one that right to start the half. Both of those very critical because you kind of needed Mm -hmm. especially the first one he threw you're thinking you're definitely going to get points here all right you're thinking you go down you go into half down 17 three not the end of the world you say you come out and you score seven points or god forbid you go into the half 17 seven you come out and score again to start the half you're looking in really really good shape right there but obviously in hindsight neither one of those happened. what happened to mac here why did he end up not being the normal mac and cheese that we know and love
1: oh he's just forcing the ball a little bit you know what i mean um I think it was part of the Pats' game plan, and obviously the Colts did a good job of shutting down the run. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, you know, is, you know, he got the big start right there. Didn't really do much with the ball, and uh, with the first pick to Darius Leonard, soft zone. Darius Leonard sat in the zone, whatever, and baited him hard. You know, what I mean, he made a great play on the ball.
0: Do you think that is Ramondre Stevenson's fault though? He didn't do anything with that start? Oh, absolutely
1: not. Because I mean, look at who they have and. The defensive line, you know, side of the ball. I wouldn't
0: even say that. I was thinking just the fact that you're playing from behind.
1: That too. Think
0: about it. When everyone was expecting a big blow-up game, and I wouldn't say I was expecting a blow-up game, but once I saw Damian Harris was out, I was definitely expecting Ramondre to take on a little bit of a beefed-up role, I guess you could say. But when you're down 17 points... You can only run the ball for much. And, I mean, Mac did throw the ball, like I said, 45 times. So they definitely were trying to be a little bit more aggressive and up-tempo here.
1: Yeah, any time you're behind, you know, the run game kind of takes a backseat. You know what I mean? Mm. You can't really take for granted the time possession of the game.
0: The thing that kind of surprised me is that he wasn't used a little bit more in the passing game. Mm -hmm. Because he is kind of like that dual threat. He's kind of that three down back, I guess. Obviously, Bolden's going to be sprinkled in here and there. But I also feel like, for the most part, Ramondre Stevenson can handle a three down workload.
1: Oh, definitely. But I eh, I I think it's more just the Pats system. They've always employed a third down running back. Right. You know, separate to the like the bell cow, if you will. Mm-hmm. And Brandon Bolden who's done a great job all year, you know, assumed the turn, third down role.
0: Moving on to the rushing side of things here. So we're going to start off with the story in this one. Jonathan Taylor, 29 carries for 107 yards and a tutty. Ashton Dullin, two carries for 39 yards. And Carson Wentz, eight carries for 17 yards. Almost had as many yards rushing as he did passing. Just kidding, but not really. So Jonathan Taylor, obviously, he's the story in this one here. You take away that 67-yard run you know, to ice the game at the very end, which the Pats really had to sell out on the run so it's really not that big of a deal you're essentially banging on tackling mm-hmm. for him a loss and getting him down he's still over 100 yards that makes them the colts eight and out when he goes over 100 yards yep he's such a patient runner man like if you just watch that game he's so so patient
1: Dude, like that big uh that big 60 yard run that whole right side was clogged and who was it dante hightower and uh McCourty. and he sat there waited for his hole took that cut and housed it and that's i feel like that's the perfect example For what you said about his patience as a runner,
0: I agree completely. It's just just watching him as a football fan, you can't help but love it. Obviously, it sucks he's doing it against the Pats, but at the same time, he's so patient. You can't teach that because guys just want to go zero to one hundred. Like Damian Harris, he's nowhere near that patient. It's not. He doesn't have ball vision. Yeah, exactly. Like that was perfect. Like absolutely one hundred and fifty percent perfect. But. As we were talking about, I thought the big thing of this one was going to be keeping Jonathan Taylor in check and under 100 yards, and that's something I really thought the Pats needed to emphasize. It didn't get done. What happened there with that one?
1: Uh, nothing. I, I mean, really, it was just Jonathan Taylor was, you know, he was going to eat the way he, you know, he has all year. You right. You know what I mean? And to say that the Pats, like confidently saying that the Pats could stop him from getting a buck, you know what I mean? That's that's optimistics. Besides that sixty yard run, he did I mean, he ran for a hundred. I think I wanna say the Colts as a team ran for a hundred at the half. You know what I mean? So I I would have liked to seen the Pats kind of like, you know, hold them back from running that much. Right. But I mean, they did their thing. They ran it up they ran it right on our throat.
0: What do you think what do you make of the Colts going forward here?
1: Uh this is a big win for them, you know what I mean? Now they've won eight of their last 11. And now they're in the wild card position. So I think you can definitely ride that momentum. They got great corners, Xavier Rhodes and uh, Kenny Moore. I mean, they're a good team.
0: Do you think they can compete for the division?
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, you could say a lot of it relies on Carson Wentz. He didn't do much this game, but he did enough. He only turned the ball over one time. You know what I mean? And if you can win a game like this against a pretty good, you know, The Pats are a playoff team. If you can win with a game like this with the way Wentz performed, I'm pretty confident as a Colts, if you're a Colts fan, that this team can go, you know, they can win some games, especially in the playoffs.
0: Right. After those first three games, the Colts, like I just said, have won eight of their last 11. They're only getting better here. Mm -hmm. Don't be surprised if they make a run going on to the patch rushing side of things so this is honestly probably gonna be pretty short and pretty sweet we got reminder (laughs) stevenson 10 carries for 36 yards very very disappointing definitely not the game a lot of people said thought that he was going to have fantasy managers are disappointed that is to say the least brandon bolden four carries three yards that is all i have really that's of any sort of relevance on the (laughs) rushing side pats abandoned the run earlier here like we talked about they haven't done that all year you think it's because they just got behind early or do you absolutely. think that was in the game plan
1: absolutely and uh, the linemen did not come that is ready true. to play
0: anything else you want to add there we could move on to the receiving portion.
1: oh well, let's move on brother. that's
0: what i thought happy to hear that moving on to the receiving we will start with the pass on this end we got hunter henry at the new father eight targets Six catches, seventy-seven yards in two and Nikhil Harris, two catches, fifty-two yards on five targets. Kendrick Bourne, three catches on three targets, for forty-four yards. Jacoby Myers, six catches on twelve targets. Wow, he was really patting that up there for forty-four <laughs> yards. Brandon Bolden, three catches for on five targets for forty-one yards. Nelson Aguilar, four catches on six targets for thirty-four yards. Ramondre Stevenson, again, very disappointing. One catch, one target, four yards. And Johnu Smith again, another disappointing performance here because he is for some reason a forever dude, blocking tight end. Dude, one every catch, game.
1: Sorry. But like every game he has a big play and it gets called back. <laughs> I every that. game, bro.
0: <laughs> Johnu Smith, one catch on three targets for four yards. What are you taking away from the Patriots passing game here?
1: Uh just a little disappointed. Um I guess really just that one play, Jacoby Myers on the third down. Perfect pass, like, absolute dime by Mac Jones, and he drops it. And he's, like, you know, the go-to guy. Kendrick Bourne, he was there, you know, reliable. Gianno um, Smith, obviously always a little disappointed. The big takeaways on the receiving side, I would say, was Hunter Henry. He, I mean, he's definitely evolved into Mac Jones' favorite and probably most reliable target. And then down the stretch, I would say Aguilar made some big key catches. Mm.
0: Aguilar did lead this game, unsure of what his status will be going forward for next week. But Hunter Henry, I mean, the tight end role that's just something those rookie quarterbacks, they oh, really they rely him. on. They love those tight ends. They love those checkdowns. Obviously, Hunter was the story in this one for the passing game. As for that catch by Jacoby, that's a really tough catch. Oh, absolutely. But at the same time, it's a catch you got to make. Yep. At the same time. I feel like that pass got a little unlucky here at the end of the day. I feel like Mac made a couple of bad reads. The block punt didn't help. But the thing is, you're still sitting in the game like the game although the score showed that it was a little out of control i felt like the game was never out of reach yeah out of reach i felt like obviously you can make the argument that they just ran out of time but i think by the end of the game if there was three or four more minutes left on that clock then i think we're seeing a different two and obviously you can make that case for a lot of games a lot of teams but i feel like in this one this definitely applies here
1: you could even go back to that um that penalty that brandon king had on You know, the missed field goal that gave him another chance. You know, things like that.
0: Even that, you take that away. That changes everything. Mm -hmm. Like That changes a lot of things. Absolutely. Because then they don't have to sell out on the run necessarily. I mean, you do, but you don't. You have a lot more options there. Going on to the Colts receiving side of things, not too much to take away from in this one because obviously Carson Wentz only threw the ball 12 times. Zach Pascal two targets, a catch, 23 yards. T.Y. Hilton, one target, one catch, 19 yards. Naheem Hines, one catch on two targets for eight yards and a tutty. And Michael Pittman Jr., one catch on five targets for seven yards. Michael Pittman Jr. was ejected in this one with Kyle (laughs) Duggar. What happened? What happened
1: there? (laughs) Oh, he got a little pissed that, you know, Kyle Duggar had a nice little chip block on him. And then, you know, supposedly Kyle Vannoy pushed Pittman into Duggar. I didn't really see a clip of that. But just to me, off rip, it looked like Pittman went at Duggar and, you know, Duggar wasn't taking it. Duggar
0: did not take it. I saw
1: his helmet right off.
0: Duggar really had his forearm like driven into Pittman's neck. It seemed like he seemed like really didn't seem the happiest of people. I haven't seen that
1: heated in a while.
0: Anything you want to take away from the Colts passing game here?
1: Uh, you mean how non existent it was? I mean,
0: yeah. I mean, like we were talking about on the previous show, th- there's not a lot going on here at all because Carson Wentz doesn't have a lot to throw to. Obviously T. Y. Hill hasn't been the most reliable guy in the sense of being in the lineup. Michael Pittman Jr. is the story here, but he's more of a deep ball threat. I mean, Zach Pascal, he's kind of like, you know, a it glorified practice because, squad guy. <laughs> like, like
1: you said, uh, Wentz didn't really throw the ball that much. But it it felt like every time he threw the ball, they made some big catches down the line.
0: He only completed five passes.
1: I know. (laughs) It's shocking.
0: Yeah. Anyway, moving on to the defensive side of things here before we go to the keys of this game. We start to wrap up Adrian Phillips, who we didn't even know if he was going to play. Led the team with seven tackles. Devin McCourty's <laughs> six tackles and a pick. Kyle Vannoy had six tackles. Devon Gottschalk, Matt Judon, mm-hmm. Kyle Duggar, and Jamie Collins all had five tackles. And Dupetis Wise had two tackles and a sack. So, on the Patriots defensive side of the ball, I feel like this wasn't horrendous, I guess you can say. It wasn't pretty by any means. They
1: definitely means. strapped down in the second half.
0: They. I felt like a lot of this was... We're gonna throw up that touchdown at the end because you're selling out on the run. You need the ball back, like you're you're back to yeah, this I'm not, at that point. So
1: throwing that you take that away, yep
0: yeah, twenty points. You take away the block pump. That's obviously not your fault. Mm-hmm. So you do that, and it's you only give up ten points. And three of those when was when Mac threw an interception to start mm-hmm. the half on your own thirty yard line. Yeah. So they gave up seven points. I feel like from a points perspective, not too bad of a job here. Obviously. There's definitely some holes. There's definitely some things that they're taking away from this that they're definitely going to need to work on in practice this week. But at the end of the day, I don't think this was as bad of a performance as the typical Patriot fan is going to make it out to be.
1: Absolutely agree.
0: All right. Anything else you want to take away from that or go up onto the Uh, side of the ball?
1: I guess the only thing I'd really like to add is uh, Jamie Collins filling in for, uh, you know, uh, Bentley with the ankle injury. Right. Shades of old Jamie Collins just making plays when he was in his first tenure with the Patriots.
0: It's so funny cuz Jamie Collins I remember when he when he played for the Pats the first time he was
1: a god. What do you think of like what's the one play that you think of when you think of Jamie Collins like prime? He, for me it's jumping over the line against the Seahawks.
0: That's insane athleticism to say the least. Right. He that almost
1: is- had the pick six this game
0: that's something we're going to talk about in a second that could have definitely changed the game so some things to take away some things to work on on the defensive side of the ball here but at the end of the day wasn't the worst defensive performance we'll probably see this week across the Definitely NFL. Definitely agree. Moving on, to the, moving on to the Colts side of things, we've got Darius Leonard, 10 tackles and a pick. Kari okay. Willis, 9 tackles. Isaiah Rodgers and Kenny Moore both had 6 tackles. Bobby Okariki had 3 tackles and a pick. And then DeForest Buckner had 4 tackles and a sack. Colts defense ultimately I feel like played pretty well here. I feel like they Definitely. were very, very prepared. Definitely Frank Wright had them ready coming out of that by a week. Any thoughts you want to take away here on what they did differently that really slowed Macdown down or or how they were really able to kind of control this game, I guess you could say.
1: They really kind of made the game one-dimensional. They made it, so they put the game in Mac Jones's hand, and, um, you know, they forced him into, like, you know, tight throws and just making quick decisions and and such. Um, one thing I think I said the last podcast was, you know, not that who the hell is Bob Okariki, but, you know, he was talking about how they were going to throw the kitchen sink at him, and he made that big pick, you know what I mean? Yeah um Darius Leonard had a big game um they just did a great job of stopping the run and I think they were number one in the league in uh terms of uh forcing turnovers picked that right back up yep you got
0: that right all right so to wrap up here some miscellaneous notes here first note I've got is fourth and goal from the seven with nine minutes left Bill elected to kick a field goal now what would you have done but keep this in mind so Statistics show the Pats had a nine point five percent chance of winning if they had a gone for it there. Not if they had a score, but if they had a gone for it, a nine point five percent chance. If you kick the field goal there, you get a five point eight percent chance of winning. What would you have done in that situation? And obviously it sucks because you have that false start that pushed it back five yeah. yards. If it's fourth and goal from the two, I would imagine Bill's gonna go for it there, but he did not he didn't have that opportunity.
1: Um see I don't I it's really hard to like always or to even like question Bill Belichick's kind of, like, moves or, like, you know, his decision-making. Because I did agree with what he did. You know what I mean? Um, even with not taking the onside kick, mm. I guess if there was something that I would maybe do differently, possibly go for it on fourth down to get that touchdown. And, you know what I mean? There, they would be uh, inside the 10. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it would be tough for the Colts to kind of move the ball, theoretically. But other than that, I don't think I would have made a different decision
0: i really thought about this i really did not hate the decision to kick the field goal there i mean you get points statistically yeah maybe you have a better chance of winning if you had to go on for it but i don't know i really just did not hate that decision and i thought he was going to kick it at the end of the day really Mm -hmm. did not surprise me i really don't hate it i mean obviously in hindsight they lost so maybe i'd like to see it them how to go go for it but it
1: always makes you think
0: yeah but i don't know in that time i really can't hate on that decision by any means at all especially because mac really was not playing that well he didn't show you any signs of coach i can get this done you know what i mean
1: yeah i mean at least the one the one thing i do want to take away i guess with the game is yeah he did look like a rookie but when it came time to like you know sack up you know he didn't give up. He was he definitely showed some resilience.
0: Interesting you say that because that is my next point we're getting into. Mac Jones shows he is still a rookie. What do you take away from Mac here for the rest of the season and going into the playoffs?
1: Um, that he you know he's got the balls. You know what I mean. He's not afraid to. I guess like. He's he doesn't let the past or his mistakes dictate the rest of the game. He's definitely willing to shake it off. You know, strap up. And take the next drive, you know what I mean?
0: I agree with that completely. And, yeah, he showed he's still a rookie, but he is still a rookie. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like when you're a freshman in high school. Like, oh, he's just a freshman. Yeah, he is a freshman. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> at, this is his first time in the NFL. Right. At the end of the day, like, yeah, he showed he's still a rookie, but he is a rookie. And I think showing his – a little bit of his resilience right there, I mean, down 17 nothing on the road against the Colts, a lot of guys would have folded. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's very fair to say. And, yeah, obviously, Mac did not pull off the win, but at the same time, he also made it interesting, and it wasn't a game you necessarily wanted to turn off because, exactly. you know, Jamie Collins picks that ball off or they kick, it, they end up going onside and they recover it. Like, you know, that game's much closer to being super, super interesting mm-hmm. than you probably think.
1: Oh, definitely once that fight happened, I feel like the momentum of the game kind of shifted a little bit. Right. But, yeah, those big turnovers, uh, you know, in the middle of the game, it definitely it made it a ball game instead of a could have been a huge blowout honestly.
0: Yeah, because seventeen can turn into you know twenty four, thirty one. Yeah, fast. Like and Mac was able to. I mean, obviously the defense again played a lot better than it's going to get credit for, but at the end of the day, Mac did you know put some points on the board and make that game interesting for fans to keep on keeping on. If you know what I mean. Last thing I want to take away from him here, man. There was a lot of big mental errors oh in this God, one. like on all phases of the we game. We got bro. the defensive offsides that you mentioned that gave the Colts another chance after they missed that field goal. You got the block punt. You got the unsportsmanlike Jesus. in the fight with Duggar. You got the false start that went on Owenu that moved the ball back to the 7-yard line. You got the Jamie Collins-dropped interception. Then you just got some weird shit going on, man. Like, you got Isaiah Wynn deciding to <laughs> oh channel God, his inner Aaron Donald and just decide to tackle He's Ramondre had, like, Stevenson in the backfield. fundamentals,
1: bro. Like, that's what He's he said. things that, like, you literally teach your lineman not to do. He just gave up on that. I think Jono Smith was supposed to come in with a chip block. He ran straight back, and like you said, he literally, like, almost tackled Ramondre Stevenson.
0: Like, you know when you're, like, 10 years old and the center decides they want to play point guard at practice? Mm-hmm. That's what this was like. Isaiah Wynn decided he wanted to play defensive line, except this was on a national stage on a primetime TV.
1: Dude, I've been hating <laughs> on Isaiah Wynn all year, and he's had stretches where he's played some pretty good ball, but, you know, last night didn't help his case. Even Enwainu, dude, I don't know what happened. I don't think he really got hurt, but I think those major penalties, you know, like once you like piss off Bill, I mean, you know, running back-wise, if you fall the ball... He benches you, and I think it was just those bonehead plays. I think he played like six percent of the snaps, and Ted Karras actually took his place.
0: It's also kind of weird because they've got that weird rotation. Oh yeah, from time to time. So that's just like kind of hard, probably mentally for players.
1: Yeah, a lot of those linemen are very versatile and move around. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like you said, very a lot of different like position changes.
0: Anyway, what are you taking away from all this chaos here that went on? Because. There was oh, this just, is, this was just a mess all around. Like, <laughs> it's
1: not your typical Patriots game. I don't really want to blame it on the bye week, but I think that kind of like maybe they uh, you know relaxed a little bit, maybe didn't take the Colts as seriously. But those are maybes, you know. What I mean, theoretical things. The big thing is they just came out slow. I, I think they just didn't come out ready. You know, not as motivated, or maybe you know not as juiced up for the game, and. You know, you saw it. They came out slow, and it really took them to, like, maybe late second half to, like, turn it up.
0: I don't think it necessarily helps to you that, you know, before the bye week, you go into Buffalo. You get a big win in a hostile environment. You get the number one seed. You, you know, you take down, like, number one seed, AFC East first place. And then, you know, your bye week, and you're like, oh, we're playing the Colts. Like, yeah. and I think most people wrote off the Colts and I was saying, I don't know, I would not write that team off. Like the majority of people I spoke to were not concerned about the really? Colts at all, which I did not agree with.
1: I have a buddy that uh really didn't take him seriously too. I'm like, at least for me, I personally, I thought it was like, you know, kind of a big game because it's like you mentioned before, we kind of had like an easy schedule along mm. the way. And uh, this was like one of the more like, you know, better teams that we were facing. Right and the game also had playoff implications mm-hmm. and the other saturday game got moved and i feel like anytime any there's one day where there's one game like primetime games especially like monday night or thursday night this was the saturday night game so you know it was definitely a lot bigger and not to get too off topic but uh, taylor really showed up in that game you know the big 60 yard run so i feel like that also gave him more of um, kind of like an mvp type of chance right
0: I completely agree with that one at the end of the day I feel like this is just one of those games you want to throw out I put it in the same game as the Saints category yeah, definitely there's going to be some weeks where everything goes your way the the football gods the ball just bounces the way it needs to bounce but you're also going to have some of those days where the ball doesn't bounce where it needs to bounce absolutely it. everything that could go wrong goes wrong at the end of the day anything else you want to add here Josh
1: um, just it's a wake up call to the Pats, you know what I mean. Face a pretty solid team. You can't take them as a joke, you know. What I mean? You gotta wake up.
0: Absolutely, it's gonna on a be. Buffalo. It's gonna be very interesting to see what happens next week at Buffalo, guys. We are done here. We will be back later this week to preview the Buffalo game. Like and subscribe as always. Thanks for checking this out, and we will see you guys later this week. Bye, everybody. Take care.